0: Elliot's Adventure Club, and I'm really, really excited. This is the first episode of a brand new show bringing people together and talking about how we can expand our lives and try new things to enhance our own experiences. So, more adventuring, big and small, adventures we can take part in on the daily and inspire each other to just have more fun. I think we really need more fun at the moment, and so here I am, and here we all are to do so. I'm really, really excited about being on Radio Reverb, and I'm so grateful for being given this slot. And I'm really excited to be with you all and connect us all together in something a little bit more positive and encouraging and accessible for all as well. And I want to hear from you, so follow us on Instagram at Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. That's B-I-L-L-I-E, Elliot's with one L and one T, Adventure Club, or you can find us on the website as well. Give us a message, listen through the show if there's anything that you find interesting or you want to be part of the show in some way, definitely give us a message, send us your ideas. I'm really excited to be bringing this community together. And now that you're listening today, you are officially a member of the Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. So welcome, welcome. We're going to be having games, interactive challenges, every month will be set challenges. And usually this part of the show at the beginning is where we talk together about how we have experienced the challenges. So if you're listening, take note of the challenges that will be set this month. And if you want to get involved at all, definitely do. Keep in touch, send us pictures, write to us. I'd love, love, love to hear from you all. Today, we're gonna start by going straight into our first interview. This is a very, very exciting interview with somebody who has completely flipped their situation on its head. I'm very excited to be talking with Ola Walsh from Ola Adventures. So we've got Ola Walsh on Billy Elliot's Adventure Club and I'm really, really excited to talk to her about her experiences of adventuring and trying new things. Ola, do you want to talk a little bit about how we met?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I met you when I was going through Facebook on the Yes Tribe.
0: And it was really exciting because you messaged me and you said, you told me what your sort of story was. (laughs) Yeah. And I was really, I thought it really fit with the show because what your story was, was that you were sort of basically planning on doing a big adventure, weren't you? Yes, yes. And then in the end, lots of things changed. And so now you're really embracing the smaller adventures, which is totally what the show is about. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what happened? Yeah.
1: So for the last few years, my husband and I had been planning an eight month fundraising trip across Africa and India. We were all set to go in June. And then uh, obviously the pandemic happened and we had no choice but to put all of our travel plans on hold. We we're living with this uncertainty of what may or may not be. The fourth of June, which is the day that we were supposed to be flying out, was coming up and Seamus, my husband, was just like, I can't I can't let that day just go. Like I have to commemorate that day somehow. It can't just be a day that I go to work. You know, that was the day that we were supposed to be going on this huge adventure, this huge trip. So I was just like, well, why don't we just have a non-leaving party and celebrate anyway? And it was this then that we came to this mindset, you know, we could, we could continue living in a state of fear and anxiety over something that was completely out of our control or we could embrace life and just live in the moment instead. And then the whole idea of having the non-leaving party um, was pretty much the start of setting myself the challenge of having an adventure every day um, until we eventually could fly away
0: that's absolutely amazing so inspiring as well I'd really like to know what kind of adventures you've been doing on the on the daily it's kind of big task you've set yourself has it been easy
1: yeah n- no <laughs> first of all it was really daunting it's just like oh my god I've got to do something every single day for a whole year that's just mental um, especially like you know something that's would be considered adventurous um, but actually like I found it snowballed into almost like a routine the thing that's been a little bit difficult is because I'm recording all of those adventures as they happen which I think posting about it and talking about it every single day on my social media that's what's kind of been the tricky part like sometimes I feel like taking the photos and documenting it almost sort of detracts a little bit from the uh, adventure itself Mm -hmm. but it's something that I'm kind of getting used to um, and it's part of the challenge anyway. So, yeah, I'm mean, just embracing it.
0: What kind of adventures have you
1: been doing? Well, um, they've been pretty varied, you know. So I've, I've gone from chasing after an ice cream van uh, to hiking marathons and uh, kayaking, skinny dipping even in a national park. I've learnt bushcraft. I've been foraging. So, yeah, all sorts, all sorts, really.
0: Wow. Have you found yourself like finding new skills that you kind of want to continue in your life then
1: yeah so I found that all of the adventures that I've been doing like even the small seemingly insignificant ones they've led me to making certain life decisions so one of the things that I've discovered is that I, I need to be in nature now like I've been out you know in the woods so much that i feel like i've come to depend on it being in the outdoors like if i don't get my outdoor fix um i get i get a bit tetchy I, as one of my daily adventures was that i got made redundant which was a, a real shock because uh, i wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it um but it's almost like when that happened there was like a bit of a light bulb moment and when i was at university i did a degree in psychology and I, th- I was spending so much time in nature and then I thought, well, what if I kind of did life coaching and then that kind of turned into me applying for a course that day to study life coaching. And and then with the nature aspect, I thought, well, why don't I make a career out of it in the future and consider a career in like nature based life coaching? an expedition leading and doing like mountain leaders courses wow, Ola, and stuff.
0: That, I wish you could see my face. I'm really <laughs> grinning at that story. <laughs> it's just so amazing to hear, you know, like sometimes things can, people can see that things are going really wrong, for example. Like people might see that being made redundant is something that's really wrong. But for you and for many of us, like we can really turn that around and actually look in and realise what we really, yeah. really want from life. And it sounds like you've just found this whole new idea
1: yeah it was just like honestly, this year's just been absolutely mental. and the thing that's been really lovely is like having these adventures every day has kept me grounded. it's It's like a project, you know it's it's kept me uh, motivated like even in my darkest day, I managed to find some light, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what the adventure a day project has given me. It's given me a light to focus on.
0: That's incredible. And and how do you how does it work for you? Do you plan in advance? Do you have like a schedule and you fill in an adventure in each day? Or do you just sort of see what the day brings?
1: Well, when I first started, I thought, oh my god, I better have a list. <laughs> like a proper backup list. So I wrote literally a hundred things that I could do. And honestly, I don't think I've touched that list once.
0: Ha <laughs> ha really amazing.
1: Every yeah, you, know, you just can't plan for it. It's like every time I try and plan. Like It's like the universe just throws this massive curveball and just says, no, you're not going to do that. I'm going to give you this to deal with today. And then it, it often transpires that that's the adventure. It's the curveball. But you, you go out with the intention of doing something and then just the universe just goes, uh-uh, no, you, you, you're doing something else. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of the time the adventures that happen are just, yeah, they're not planned for. And then some of them are, like, in this big sort of eight month trip that I was going to do. I was fundraising as well for the charity Help Refugees. And when I couldn't go, it it felt like I was also letting my charity down a bit. So I thought, right, I'm going to train, I'm going to get fit. What's something I've never done before? A marathon. It's like, okay. And I thought, well, that's really good. And I can raise money. I can do this like marathon. And I can raise money. And then I thought, how long's a marathon? Twenty six miles. That's all right. And it's just like my brain is so used to thinking in kilometers. And I was just like, then looked at what twenty six miles actually was. And then I thought, oh god,
0: is it like forty kilometers or something?
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's like double. It's ridiculous. I was like, oh my yeah. god, what have I done? <laughs> and then um, yeah, and I I totally just thought, well, what route can I do? So I just picked two points of significance. So I picked. Bodiam Castle and a Dungeness Lighthouse on the on the Kent coast and I hiked between the two and that was brilliant but then the real adventure turned out to be the fact that I didn't even end up at the lighthouse I ended up walking around lost in a nuclear power facility <laughs> so I was just like what? I didn't even get to the end line I was like what and then yeah so yeah, it was it was brilliant. And it's great. But sometimes, yeah, even if you do plan, um, that curveball just comes flying at you.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that though. I think that's the thing when you go travelling, for example, or go on these big expeditions, you're always gonna be faced with these new challenges that you don't expect and these curveballs yeah. as you describe. And I think it's it you learn this whole new resilience and it's so inspiring to hear that you're experiencing that on a lot more of an accessible way right now. Um, I'm really interested to know what's the smallest adventure you've done so far, would you say?
1: Oh, man, I've done so many tiny adventures. (laughs) I think it was the ice cream van Um, because that day was significant for me because one thing that I've always wanted to do is buy a kayak. Like, I love kayaking. I love being on the water. So during lockdown, when we lost our flat in London, we moved to a friend's place in Hertfordshire, which was great because it's Hertfordshire it's the countryside it was lovely Um, and lots of water nearby so bought a kayak and the day I wanted to we'd planned to take this kayak out like my back uh, that was the start of the back problems Um, something just snapped and we could not take the kayak out and I was devastated I was so gutted because like that's the other thing like you plan for these adventures and then flipping curveball comes flying at you so I was just like oh man like I can't I can't take this kayak out I'm so gutted so but then I could walk I could still walk and I could still get about and uh we went for this amazing walk in the countryside came back and there was this ice cream van is like notorious in this neighborhood for like delivering this amazing concoction called a mashup. And whenever this ice cream van came and I went to get this mashup, like it always drove away and I was just like, (laughs) and then we came back from this walk and I saw this ice cream van, I was like, I don't care if I've got a bad back, I'm getting a flipping mashup. So I ran down the road and chased after this (laughs) ice cream van. And I got my flipping mash up, and that was my adventure because I was just like, I didn't get the kayak, but I Amazing. got a mashup It was well chuffed. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's been so, it's been so, so good to hear like your perspective and your story. I'd love to ask you, what would you say the smallest thing that you like, a, the smallest step that you would advise someone to take? To, you know, our listeners right now, everyone's in such different circumstances. Have you got something really small that you'd advise someone take to be more adventurous?
1: Yeah, it's different because how you go about adventuring it's like entirely dependent on your own personal situation and the environment that you're in um the smallest tiniest step i would recommend is connecting with like-minded people so literally go online and follow people like the yes tribe on facebook follow dave cornthwaite who's an adventurer he's he founded the yes tribe there's a guy called alistair humphreys as well who's great to follow he invented the term micro adventure putting adventuring for normal folk on the map and a step beyond that you know if you're confined to your bed which i have been (laughs) on many occasion i've 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 been quite ill it's like you can make an event out of that so you could i'm talking like fairy lights candles music wine cartoons big pillows and fluffy duvets and make a den you know like invite your mates and eat cake you know like no adventure is too small that it's not worth exploring um Yeah. yeah and then beyond that like explore local like there's so much adventure to be had on your own doorstep
0: Absolutely love that. That's literally all this show is about. And I love that you mentioned Alistair Humphreys as well, because he's a huge part of the inspiration for the show. Oh, really? And have actually been in contact a little bit recently. I'm hoping in the future that he'll come and talk with us. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit later on the show about The Doorstep Mile, which was a book that completely transformed many people I know, including me, um, and our perspectives. Oh, that's brilliant.
1: I've got that and I still need to read it and I haven't got round to reading it yet, which is really weird because it's exactly, I think the whole premise of that book is exactly yeah. what I'm doing. Um, the
0: cover is amazing. Have you got the cover that's kind of weirdly soft?
1: No, do you know, it's annoying because um, we're all packed up and ready to move and stuff. Everything that I'm getting now reading wise is on a Kindle.
0: Oh, okay, yeah got this like very he's chosen this very soft kind of cover it's very weird but I love it oh, nice. <laughs> tactile yeah yeah it's very tactile it's really different to normal <laughs> covers um okay well we're nearly at the end of our our time cool. something I'm doing with the guests is asking them to set me a challenge and set me and the audience a challenge and I'm wondering if you have anything for us today
1: well you guys are in Brighton aren't you mm-hmm. which is just like the best place in the world Like seriously I love Brighton so much I've, I got married there Like oh. it's to me Like all the elements Of the world, the best parts Of everything come together in Brighton Because you've got like the sea You've got the South Downs um, And you've got like this wicked Social Environment, oh, it's just wicked I just love I love the city It's just awesome um, So yes that's what I was gonna say that's what because I just went off on the tangent about how wonderful Brighton is but Uh,
0: yeah it's great to hear it's lovely to hear someone talking about how much they love where you live oh no
1: (laughs) I know and then I get so swept away by it because I'm like I love it and I really do (laughs) and so much so that I spent um my hundredth day of adventures was in Brighton and uh uh, it was the best day and literally went to the beach just to sit on the beach and have a picnic. And that ended up with me like getting my kit off and running into the sea. Oh, um, lovely. Loved it. I, I bloody love Brighton. So Aww. yeah, that's where I um spent my hundredth day. So I think um, a fun thing to do uh, would be, is this for yourself?
0: It's for me. Yeah. And anyone, anyone who's listening, who wants to get involved
1: I would get a bit bold, get a bit mad, uh, get together with a friend and wear your most leery outfit. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's something I've done recently as well. Um, Pick a start and end point and literally go exploring and en route take some food, some wine, a swimming cosy and towel and go have a swim, whether it's in the sea or in the river. Do it. (laughs)
0: Amazing. Because
1: it's not actually that cold. I, a couple of weeks ago I went in the sea and I was surprisingly warm.
0: It was lovely. Amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. I already know who I want to do it with as well.
1: Yeah, bonus points if you um, do it in the rain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you can listen in to the next show, um, Ola, and I'll, I'll tell you how it went. I'll be reporting back and people from the audience will be reporting back on how their adventure went too. Excellent. Um do you have any social media or anything that people can follow you on to follow your adventures?
1: Yeah, no, sure. It's um, So it's my my Instagram page is ola.adventures and that's O-L-A dot adventures.
0: Amazing. That's so great. I'll be giving yes. you a follow. Woohoo! Um, That's really exciting. Oh, thank you so much, Ola. It's been so great to chat.
1: Yeah, it's been really lovely to chat to
0: you, Billy. Thanks. Okay, well, yeah, have a great day. You too. All right, mate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, take
0: care. Bye. Bye. So if you'd like to follow her on Instagram, it's Olla.adventures, Or you can look at her website and blog, which is ollawalsh.com. It's actually been really, really cool to read um, her posts. I've been finding it really inspiring and amazing as well. And now I think it's about time we heard some good news. Let me tell you about a thrill... Billy's good news, cha cha cha. Billy's good news, cha cha cha. Hello and welcome to Billy's good news this week. This is the part of the show where I tell you all the amazing things that are going on in the world that we don't really see on the front page of the news. So let's start with Brazilian surfer Maya Guebera has broken a record surfing the biggest wave by a woman ever recorded. The wave was 73.5 foot high. It wasn't just the biggest wave ever ridden by a woman, but it was also the biggest wave surfed by anyone during the 2019-20 winter season. This is the first for women in professional surfing. Paige Arms, who's 32 and also a big wave surfer, said, I think it's really important for the next generation of girls growing up to see women accomplishing these things. You can only really dream as big as what you can see. I totally agree with Paige there. What an amazing achievement by Maya Gabera. Africa has been declared free from wild polio. Polio usually affects children under five, however, more than 95% of Africa's population has now been immunised, averting an estimated 1.8 million cases of wild polio virus. With this historic milestone, five of the six World Health Organisation regions, representing over 90% of the world's population, are now free of the wild polio virus, moving the world closer to achieving global polio eradication. The World Health Organisation director States, ending wild polio virus in Africa is one of the greatest public health achievements of our time and provides powerful inspiration for all of us to finish the job of eradicating polio globally. Uh, What an amazing achievement for world public health, eh? And I really hope it goes the same way with corona. (laughs) So Hungary's researcher Roska wins an award for designing a procedure that could cure blindness. Yeah, that's right, you heard it right here first. This <laughs> it's already entered clinical trials, Botond Oscar, who works in the Swiss city of Basel, has uncovered a gene-based therapy that reprograms cells in the human eye so that they can perform the work of the light-sensitive receptors needed for human vision. It's hoped the procedure will reactivate the retinas of the blind. The medical scientist said that for the time being, the process creates a level of vision similar to watching television in black and white. Clinical tests on blind volunteers are already underway as a result of the Budapest-born researchers' groundbreaking work. That's absolutely incredible. Oh, another one for animal rights activists. Tommy Hilfiger. Calvin Klein and other major high fashion brands have banned exotic animal skin in their designs. Peter just claimed a historic victory when fashion retail giant PVH Corp announced that it would ban exotic animal skins across all its brands. Peter just claimed a historic victory when fashion retail giant PVH Corp, the parent company, announced that it would ban exotic animal skins across all of its brands. This win comes after a decade of pushing from Peter. So you can now look out for a peter approved vegan logo on clothing and accessories. Ooh, so there's a new groundbreaking study in Australia finding that honeybee venom can kill aggressive breast cancer cells. The venom, and a compound in it called the melatin were used against two cancer types which are hard to treat, triple negative and HER2 enriched. This discovery is really exciting, but Scientists are cautioning that further testing is needed. And what is important to know about this is that while there are thousands of chemical compounds which can fight cancer cells in a lab setting, scientists say there are few which can be produced as treatments for humans. Really interesting, actually. The honeybee extract were found to be extremely potent, said Kiara Duffy, a 25-year-old PhD researcher who led the study. 25 years old? Cool, that's so amazing. One concentration of the venom has found to kill cancer cells within an hour, with minimal harm to the other cells. Very exciting discovery for cancer. Brazil's football club are the second in the world to start paying the women as much as the men. Brazil's football federation announced it will pay men and women the same amount for representing the national team, one of the few countries to make such a pledge. Australia, Norway and New Zealand are among the many nations to decide to pay their men and women the same amount. And finally, Warsaw in England has started using smog-consuming paint to paint its many murals. A new mural in Poland is helping people breathe a little easier, thanks to special paint. As part of the Converse City Forest project, Polish artists came together to design a piece of public art in Warsaw. The artist's vision came to life using paint that actually cuts down on pollution. So how does this pigment work? So... This photocatalytic paint is activated by light to break down pollutants and turn the substance into harmless nitrates, thus improving air quality. So essentially, the City Forest project is aiming to, quote-unquote, plant trees in areas where they don't grow. Converse estimates that the enormous piece of public art has the cleaning power of 780 trees. The goal for the entire project is to produce art that equals 3,000 trees, with work planned in Sydney, Sao Paulo, Lima, and Bogota, as well as many other cities. Oh, I hope we get some in Brighton. There seems to be nothing holding them back from reaching their goal, and the North Lanes will be transformed with a bit of anti-pollution graffiti in the back streets. (laughs) That's all from good news this week. Hope you enjoyed it. There's so many amazing things going on in the world. Let's move on to the next part of the show. (laughs) Our next guest is someone really, really exciting. Someone from my past who has touched the lives of many in the education system and beyond in Sussex. It's just a really, really fun chat. So I really hope you enjoy. Here is Mr. Trojan. So, so excited to be bringing in Mr. Trudgeon, or as his real name is, Paul. You can't call me that. I can't call you Paul. It's too weird.
2: (laughs) Just call me Sir. It's too
0: weird calling you Paul. Okay, so for anyone who is at home wondering what the hell we're laughing about, um, Paul is my old drama teacher from secondary school. And um, I'm 25 now, so I've been graduated nearly 10 years. And the last time we properly were at school together was 2011. Um, So I put a little call out on on, on the internet saying, anyone want to be on my show? I'm looking for people who've done something different or changed their life in some way. And... Thankfully, I was still friends with my old drama teacher on Facebook, and so I'd just like to welcome Mr. Trudgeon.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm very honoured to be here, and it's great to have an ex-pupil doing so amazingly in her career that she's able to interview me on radio. That's fabulous. We just had
0: a really funny moment while we were preparing where Mr. Trudgeon told me to... I can't call you Paul. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to accept that everyone's going to know you're Mr. (laughs) Trudgeon. To in my mind, we had a little <laughs> moment where Mr. Trojan said, right, let's
2: focus. And I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> the tables have turned, Mr. Yeah, Trojan. it's, exactly. it's my exactly. time to shine. Exactly, exactly. Um, which was really,
0: really funny. But yeah, I was really, I've been really, really intrigued with your with your story, Mr. Trojan, because you've been a teacher. You were a teacher for a long, long time in, yes. in drama. And then you took a massive turn in your career. Talk to me about that a little bit.
2: Okay, so uh, I started teaching in 1988. Uh, very different time in education. Uh, then I moved to Priory School in 2008 and I was Head of Performing Arts which meant that at that point in time with the fantastic Labour government that we had in power at the time we had loads and loads of money for the performing arts which meant that I could have workshops um, and bring in professionals and do loads of amazing work with students to do with Uh, dance and drama and art and music and photography and that was just the best job that I ever had it was amazing um so that continued for a little while and then the money just went a new colour of government came into power and austerity (laughs) uh kicked in and that specialist money was just taken away straight away I remember
0: Prue another student I was like in the same class with saying oh my god we were so lucky to be at Priory then because there was so much stuff going on oh. through theatre and, and performing arts, oh, yeah. and I remember she was saying I remember like how well equipped we were, that the studio was yeah. completely redone. Yeah. And she was exactly. like, God, so many people don't have that experience at schools. Oh. Well so you you're working as a teacher for like a really quite a long time then. How many years altogether? So
2: thirty-one, really. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened? So um various things in my personal life, which um, just meant that I just was kind of like wasn't really as clued in to my career at the time. So it's like, OK, I'm not really focused on what's going on here. I'm not sure that I'm actually putting as much into my teaching as I should be. Um, so I just kind of made the decision to kind of step back from it. But I was really, really lucky because I found out uh, that because I've been teaching for such a long time, i got a pretty good pension at the age of 55. So it meant that I had the freedom then to uh, look to do other things. I kind of stopped teaching in December, between before I got my um, pension. Yeah. I worked full-time at Waitrose. And again, that was such like a, a lifeline, because it just coincided with lockdown. All that stuff. I was working full-time at Waitrose, mm-hmm. going into work five days a week. And everyone was so grateful for the fact that there were these uh, shop workers who were <laughs> providing people with... The basic essentials for living. So that was an amazing time and an amazing opportunity. It's 13 hours. Oh. Focus on, what was that? My computer just went, it's 13 hours. Did, <laughs> did you not hear that?
0: No, not at all. Well, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's just turned one o'clock, you yeah. know, on recording time. Dom. So it's probably worse. I've been really inspired by your by your switch. And like, I totally hear that from you, it's it's, it's a kind of transition period. We're working you. out what to do next. But, yeah. but for me, like, seeing a teacher giving up teaching and going into, like, a, a frontline job, Specifically in a supermarket, it's a, it's a job that parents say to kids like, "God, you don't want to be stacking shelves in a supermarket, <laughs> do you?" You know. But actually, genuinely, like I've been, it's been so refreshing to oh. see you on social media and in real life being so enthusiastic about working there, and oh. it's it's meant it's for me it's really reframed my perspective and probably a lot of people's perspective on. What it means to have jobs like that, and Thank especially you. through through this pandemic as well, where yeah. people are really focusing on um, the value in these quote-unquote unskilled labour sure. jobs. And it's just been, yeah, really, really cool to see, and like, like it's clearly really suiting your needs in kind of um, connecting with lots of people. Well, that's the thing, sociable. you see.
2: I, I basically get paid to flirt, so... <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether I'm on the kiosk or on the self-service or on the till, it's mainly what I do. I <laughs> um, just chat to people and I just say, you just find out more about them. And it's just amazing the stories that people tell you because you're kind of an anonymous person on a till, which you don't think you're going to see again. They, they just tell you stuff and it's just you have fabulous conversations about all sorts wow. of things famous actresses who I once saw on stage at Stratford in 1984 uh, she's a regular customer who comes in it took me ages to work it out but I was like
0: is it, is it Sophie Ogunnaido
2: or, or whatever no I've seen her loads no 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 She's yeah. this lady's um, in her 70s and she was in Nicholas Nickleby in 1984 a really groundbreaking production it was like 8 hours long at Stratford in two sections mm-hmm. um, and we were just chatting and she talked about her husband who was an actor and so I googled him like I do and I realised oh my god I actually saw you on stage and when I told her she just burst into tears she was just so happy that somebody Whoa. had kind of recognised her and realised that you know she'd had this past um telling me stories about working with Steven Spielberg it was just the best kind of yeah. day at work when we had that conversation I was like excuse me I'm supposed to be reducing the cheese but um, can I carry on talking to you do you know what I mean it's just that it was just fabulous, I, so and of course, there's people that I know or people that I've got to know, parents mm-hmm. of kids that I used to teach. Brilliant, amazing. Um, I
0: remember you being and you obviously still are really, really into theatre, and you used to take us on yeah. some really great school trips. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Do you remember that? Do you
0: remember that time when I had <laughs> yeah. when I had like some kind of eye infection in both eyes?
2: And I took you to <laughs> see Blood Brothers. Was it Blood we Brothers? Blood Brothers, <laughs> and we were all sobbing. All of us were sobbing, <laughs> and you looked. By far the worst because of your eye infection. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say.
0: <laughs> it's true though. I turned to you, and my eyes just like I just couldn't see anything. It was, it was. I can't believe you took a group of hormone-ridden teenage girls to go and see my Brothers. It was like the most emotionally intense experience of my school career.
2: Exactly, because I, I must have been seen it about 20 times in the course of my career, at least, because it was you know, a thing we just did for the GCSE syllabus. Did you not get uh, bored when you
0: see things well, so many
2: times? the last time I saw it, I just recognised that the set was really old and, and wobbly and falling apart. Um, and the guy who was playing uh, Eddie... Was the same guy who I saw twenty years before. So he must have been in his mid forties, playing playing a fourteen year old. Um, I thought, look, no, you need to get another job, mate. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I still cried when that when you know. Tell me it's not true. Yeah. I'm oh, crying now. Tell me it. it's
0: not true. <laughs> Say it's just a story.
2: I'm welling up just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so for anyone who doesn't
0: know who's listening in, um, <laughs> I won't spoil it for you. it's just a very sad, sad part of the story. Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: so um, and yeah, it's
0: very epic as well, isn't it?
2: Definitely <laughs> very epic. And I, no, I never, I never got bored of seeing, of seeing that production at all. <laughs>
0: <in>. <laughs> and we also saw. Do you remember we saw um, Avenue Q in, in? We went on that New York
2: trip. Oh my word! And I and just it was said that so everybody. Sexual everybody staring at me and Mr Buckley going, are we allowed to laugh at this? This is so rude. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I, li- I still listen to the theme, theme oh, tune yeah. and all the soundtrack.
2: yeah the soundtrack's amazing but...
0: it's so funny did, did you did you know that it was going to be like that when you when you organized yeah it? yeah or oh just... yeah definitely you just didn't care
2: well it's like <laughs> come on you're kind of like you're about to go into adulthood do you know what I mean I
0: know Part... but when you're that age you don't get you aren't used to teachers being <laughs> being open to that kind of thing that was what I loved about you actually was oh, there was a one particular memory when we were on the coach, arriving into New York. Yeah. We hadn't driven all the way to New York, we just came <laughs> from the airport. Yeah. Just to be clear. <laughs> that would have been a long journey. Um, and we drove into New York, and it was like, this you know, the skyscrapers and everything were kind of like emerging from the from the horizon. Oh, um, yeah. like you, we started talking about all your lectures, and like, we were going into everything, and it was amazing, everything was <laughs> so fun.
2: <laughs> I just think, like, the reason why I became a teacher was because you want to educate people about life it's not about drama or maths or history or geography it's about preparing young people for the rest of their lives you've got to be you know you've got to make sure you're not inappropriate and you've got to make sure you don't overshare but I think it's important <laughs> <you>,
0: that... <laughs> i've
2: I'm just added that bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was always inappropriate i always overshared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but it's important that you know we're human beings, and you know we've got lives, and we've got backgrounds, and we have had histories, and we've got we've made mistakes, um, mm. and we've made successes. And I think uh, it's really important that young people learn that and do do that for themselves as well. So okay. it wasn't just
0: it wasn't just a bit of a gossip at the back of the coach there.
2: <laughs> no, it was an educational tool that I was using. I love it! <laughs> oh my god, it's
0: so great! But it was just. it was also really funny being in the play with you so we were in a play together where we were in the crucible which was like a small amdram group thing i was separate from school but it was also at the same time as you were teaching yeah me that was fun as well having an extra time with you
2: i was so bad i was i couldn't remember my bloody lines
0: who were you in it again i
2: was paris reverend paris that was your uncle i was eloise's dad (laughs) Betty. <laughs> Everyone was
0: related in Salem. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I had a moment where it's just like a balloon burst in my head, and I was on stage, and I think you were with me as well, and Eloise, and I just had no idea what my next line was. I just couldn't remember it, so and, the pro- and the prompt prompted me. I couldn't hear her, so I was like, "I've still got no idea." And lovely Zach. Who was another character. Said my lines for me because he oh remembered god. everybody's lines. But I bought him a massive bar of chocolate the next day. I said, "Like, if you hadn't, if you hadn't have done that, we'd still be there now, just trying to remember what the hell the lines are." So thank you that play was so well. anyway. Oh god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god though, I remember.
0: I think I remember that. I remember like looking into your eyes and, and then that moment, you know, that moment that it's yeah. like a shift in energy and you yeah. realise they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, oh God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to save this one? <laughs> <laughs> good
2: old self, that. That was great though. Good times.
0: Good times. Time. But yeah, so, so, okay. So you've told us about your teaching um, and you've told us about how it is in Waitrose and, and how it is to meet and work with new people. Yeah. And, and you've also, you also mentioned that you're volunteering. Yes. Like, tell me more about that.
2: So, um, About a month ago, uh, just a Facebook post was put on and it said, uh, we're looking for volunteers to reopen our cafe um, at St Luke's Prestonville Church, which is literally around the corner from Baswick. On the Old Shoreham Road, it's because we basically uh, run a food bank cafe, which I've never really heard of that concept before. So basically, the food arrives at about nine o'clock in the morning from Fair Share, which is a company that collects food from restaurants, uh, farms, supermarkets, and hotels, which is literally going to be put in the bin. It's going to be thrown away, and so the food arrives from us to us instead. And Danny, who is our amazing chef literally does a ready steady cook and just goes right duh, duh, duh. we've got this that and the other right this is what we need to do um and then um about twelve thirty, midday the cafe opens it's in a church you know the church the body of the church itself so it's really socially distanced so we can cater for about 20 or odd people at one go um and people come and they eat the food and they pay as they feel which is the most important thing so some people pay a lot of money they pay over the odds because they want to support the idea. And some people don't pay anything because they don't have any money and they would not have eaten that day if they hadn't come to the cafe. And to me, that's the most important thing about it, is that uh, everybody is welcome. It's inclusive and and everybody can eat. And they can stay in and sit um, and chat to other people or they can just take it away if they want to. And we don't say, you're only allowed one. You say, would you like another one? Would you like three? Have you got any friends you'd like to take it for? So yeah, it's, just, it's an amazing project. And it's called the Real Junk Food Project. And there are quite a few um, outlets around Brighton, but only a couple have been able to reopen. So our mantra is, hashtag, feed bellies, not bins. And I think that's, oh, lovely.
0: That's so nice, actually. I've done quite a bit of work with them as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I used to do gleaning, you know the gleaning project they have? Uh-huh. Gleaning Network. Yeah. Where well, you go and pick the food, so it's the stage oh, right. for you. Yeah, yeah. Where you go and get all the food picked from the farms, and that was me. Fantastic. A lot. Um, so that's pretty cool that you're part of that. Yeah, and I love it. Must, it. it's so... Isn't it just so satisfying? And you're saving the fact that the food isn't going to waste, but you're also feeding people who might not necessarily be able to afford to eat. Um, exactly. It's kind exactly. of just like everyone wins. Mm. No one. And also yeah. the farms also get rid of stuff yeah. that they would otherwise just go yeah, to no, waste exactly. in the, into the ground. And
2: can I just tell you um, a little story about what happened yeah, a on Wednesday? Uh, I'll call him Dave. Uh, this great guy came in and he was just like really friendly, really chatty. You could tell he was just a little bit anxious, and he came in and he sat down and he was chatting away. And then he just kind of sat and ate and he meditated. You can tell he was kind of meditating. And we have some music playing. I mean, so it's just a nice, relaxing kind of ambience in the cafe. And um, as as it came to an end and he was finished his food, I said, well, how was the food? Did you enjoy it? He said, yeah, mate, I loved that. Um, I had a massive panic attack this morning and I felt really, really anxious and awkward and I've come here today and I just feel really relaxed and it's just been amazing you've been so welcoming and the food has been so delicious. Does that piano work? And I went, uh yeah I think so you just plug it in. It was one of those electric pianos and he just started playing this amazing music. Um and it was just beautiful. Everyone was kind of it was like the end of the session, everyone was clearing up or a few people were still eating and it was just beautiful. And I said to him, Next week, can you come early? And Eat your food, and then entertain us for the rest of the session. It would be so amazing to hear your beautiful music, and it was just, it was just a phenomenal moment. It was amazing. Wow! Did he say yes? Yeah, definitely. He was uh, well up for it. So that's gonna be that's so great. So now you've got a free musician every
0: week.
2: <laughs> exactly. <as well. laughs> exactly. Pay me food. Exactly. Oh,
0: that's a really heartwarming story. How yeah, lovely! Yeah. It was
2: amazing. It's open on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and also you know me Billy I was chatting to people about it <laughs> and telling people about it and suddenly one of my managers at work came up to me and said oh apparently you're doing some work at the food bank cafe and I was like uh yeah that's nothing to do with waitrose and she went no no I want it to be I want to- waitrose to get involved so already the real junk food project has been in Contact with Lewis Waitrose, which means that I will possibly be serving the food which I would have been selling at Waitrose. Ah, you're the middleman. It's kind of gone full cycle, and that to me that's brilliant, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved because it's it is a disgrace and it is phenomenal that people in this country and and well the people anywhere are hungry. When we are food rich, we have so much food, and so much of it gets f- thrown away. So yeah, if I could do crazy. something, if I could do something to address that balance in my little way, then I'll do that. But I want to spread the word and tell more people about it and make people realize. Yeah. Uh, somebody reached out to me just this week um, through my Twitter account um, from Indianapolis. I'm not even sure where that is. I know it's in America. <laughs> But I'm not quite sure where. Um, so yesterday I did a video interview with this guy who runs a food blog, um, and he was fascinated and, and wanted to know more and more and more about the Real Junk Food Project. And so next week, at some point, the people of Indianapolis will know all about Brighton's Real Junk Food Project because he's going to broadcast <laughs> it next week. And he, you know, it's YouTube, so that's going to go global. Apparently, so just things like that are just phenomenal. I just I want to try. Yes, continue volunteering and doing what I'm doing um, with uh, St Luke's Church, but also spread the word. I think I'm quite good at talking to people and convincing people. Yeah. Uh, As a drama teacher, that's kind of the only thing I've got, is my voice (laughs) and my body language and my facial expressions. Um, And so I want to use that for good, if I can.
0: Mm. Well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, you know, you've told us that this video is going to go global next week. Who
2: knows? Maybe this
0: is your path to fame. (laughs) (laughs) this is uh, after all that this is the way you get famous
2: of course exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) amazing i'm so so glad i'm so glad and what an amazing adventure to go from teacher to working in a supermarket and helping (laughs) to completely smash this whole food waste issue in the local area and what can we say to people who are listening who want to get involved with the real food project
2: Okay, so uh, there's a Facebook group called the Real Junk Food Project uh, in Brighton, and so just go onto there and there's a link where you can get in contact with. But yeah, get involved, please volunteer, get involved.
0: Yeah, so great. We're gonna to have to close it up quite soon. But, that's okay. Um, well, welcome. Firstly, welcome to the, Adventure, the Elliot's Adventure Club. Welcome to the club. You're now an honorary, honorary Thank member. Thank you. That's very um, kind of you. I'm really. That's
2: lovely. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's really nice
0: not even an i remember, just I remember. Um, <laughs> <Thank> you just are a member um what i usually do with guests is they ask them if they could set a challenge for me and the audience so we've got a month to complete the challenge do you have oh. any ideas
2: don't throw any food away
0: <laughs>
2: find a, really a way find a way of recycling all of your food do not throw it away.
0: That's a, a really great adventure um, for the next month. Great. We've got some a really good. We've got three really good ones. Well
2: the other ones? Sure. Do you mind me saying?
0: So one of them is get dressed up in your craziest, maddest outfit uh-huh. and go get in the sea in the rain. That's wow. The day. And the other one was write a letter to yourself as if you're talking to your best friend, like a compassionate letter. Okay. Um, Love yourself, basically. Yeah, That's nice. exactly. That's really nice. Yeah. So those are the three for this, this month, which is really cool. And also, of course, no food waste. So I think that's a nice nice mix. Wonderful. Yeah. Mr. Trojan, it's been amazing <laughs> to talk to you today. <laughs> I remember, actually, that this, this really encapsulates um how I see you. Is I remember the last day of school we had white T-shirts on with pens and we were going to write, you know, names which yeah, were T-shirts, yeah. you know, oh, farewell. And some of the teachers said we weren't allowed to do that yeah. and you, you <laughs> gave me a look and you said, go on, I won't look. And you turned around and you kind of like kept your eyes closed while we all just really frantically wrote on each other's T-shirts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Well, if you're a drama teacher, you've got to be a rebel. I mean, there's no point in being a drama teacher if you're not rebellious because yeah. what's the point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I thank you so much for being on the show and... I've
2: really, really- enjoyed it, Billy. The questions have been great, so thank you. Really good.
0: Oh, well, it's been responding from what you've said, so honestly, you, cool. you've been a great, great guest. Have a really, really
2: great day. Thank you. Will do. All right. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. I conferred with our furry friend. Radio Meetup.
0: I really had such a good time interviewing Mr. Trudgeon. We had some hilarious moments outside of recording as we swapped stories and memories um, that we'd shared at school. Be sure to check out the Real Junk Food Project on Facebook if you feel like getting involved with the organisation. Sounds like a really, really brilliant one. So we have time for one more quick interview today with a woman who takes adventuring... Um, as seriously as she does her well-being. Um, It's really, really been interesting for me to hear somebody who tackles anxiety through saying yes more. And you might notice that we mention the Facebook group and the organisation The Yes Tribe, which goes onto the hashtag SayYesMore on Instagram. They're a really, really great online community if you feel like getting involved with more people and connecting with more people who try new things and are very active together it's a really beautiful community and a really nice way of making new friends as well if you're new to the area so just look up yes tribe sussex or the yes tribe on facebook and you're sure to make some new friends like you okay so let's move on here is samantha allen thank you so much samantha for saying yes to coming on billy elliott's adventure club thank you for having me it's very exciting to be here (laughs) Yeah, it's really exciting. I was really, really um interested in your message saying that you were doing an adventure kind of challenge where you were trying to say yes to more things to do with well-being and confidence.
3: Yes. Yeah, there's, I think there's a few aspects for me there. Um, it's not just about well-being in terms of being happier. It's about, for me, it's about testing the boundaries and, and testing the things that actually make me go, oh, I'm not sure about that. So I've, I've kind of thought long and hard about how to approach it and what type of aspects I can challenge myself on. Um, so that's where the ideas come from.
0: Amazing. So tell me more about it. What have you been doing? What's your vision with it all? So
3: my vision is that I was sat at home during the pandemic thinking I need more purpose. I need to say yes to things. I need to grab at life a bit more. And I am a member of something called the Yes Tribe and there's so many inspiring people on there that say yes to everything in life they just say yes to going paddleboarding. they say yes to doing adventures around the world and it seems to have such a huge impact on their well-being and as someone who's really interested in well-being and just trying to be mentally healthy as well as physically healthy i thought okay well i want to do something to say yes but i can't go around the world because i've got my family and i'm settled here so i want to do lots of little things i want to try things out i want to embrace my likes and my dislikes so that is where my idea came from so I started to develop a list of different activities I could do that will push the boundaries of me not in an uncomfortable way but in a expanding my horizons type of way Um, so some things are related to my hobbies so I have activities on there such as Um, publishing or selling a series of paintings because I love painting but yes I keep it behind closed doors so some of it's about embracing parts of me that I'm not very confident about Mm -hmm. and um, then other parts are things I've tried out that I think oh, that could be interesting to do longer term Um, so some of them are things like a hundred days of meditation but consecutive because I want to write about it I want to write about the impact on my well-being Um, and then there's other things which are more physical um and uh John O'Groats to Land's End. Um but that might be a virtual thing, I don't know. Um it might be easy to do virtually, um just in terms of childcare practicalities. So it's a whole variety mm. of things really to mm. think about how to widen my idea of well being and what that means to be well.
0: Yeah. I'm so intrigued to know how you can walk from John O'Groats to Land's End virtually.
3: I think it's down there, there is a number of companies that do it so I couldn't name any but essentially you you record the mileage on your phone and it tells you about how long, where you are in that. So they'll give you a map and say today you've walked to this place along the way and you've travelled however many miles. So I think it gives you, that's how you do it virtually, so you can see if you were walking it and actually physically there, you'd be able to see where you were after each day.
0: Oh wow, that's so funny. I've never heard anything like it in my life. This radio show is really um about how we can encourage people from all walks of life and with all different capacities mm. to uh, widen their horizons and kind of broaden their sense of either their comfort zone or their sense of adventure in general in their lives. I'm just wondering what you would say if I was to ask you what the smallest step you would advise someone like a listener might take to bring more adventure into their life. I think for
3: me, um, my anxiety stops me from saying yes, because I think, well, what will happen if I say yes? Something bad will happen. So I end up not saying yes. So for me, it's just about thinking about the option after you say yes. So I would look at an option, say I've got in here wild swimming. And the part of me that would say no is because, well, I don't know what creatures are in there. <laughs> um, but the part, there is a part of me, that little niggle in the back of my head that says, but what about if you said yes? What about if you got out and you you went swimming and the sun was out and it was beautiful weather and you could just embrace yourself in nature, what would be the impact? And slowly I've started saying yes to things that are just on the edge of my comfort zone. And the more I say yes to things that I know I can physically do or mentally do, the more I want to say yes after that. And I think that's the key thing about just saying yes to little things. So for me, the first time I said yes, that's prompted this really is an illustration in the book. And Mm. they accepted me, they embraced my illustration and it's now in a book, in the biggest book of Yes. And that's kind of led me to say yes to other things. These things are because I started saying yes to smaller things and started to embrace those parts of me that actually just feel a little bit more vulnerable to embrace, but the benefits Mm. of it are so huge. It makes you just want to say yes and yes and yes to more things. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Earlier, you mentioned your painting how's that big going because you said that was something that you found vulnerable like kind of you were a little bit shy of sharing with the world what was your response from that
3: um I haven't shared it with anyone I've just shared it with my close friends so that was kind of something for me to take a huge step and um you know make a painting and sell it not sell it for a lot just sell it just be proud of it and put it out there into the public it's more just to make that step of, of embracing talent i'm really into uh, creative creativity as part of a well-being it's it's something that i'm sort of it's part of my studying because i'm studying to be a counsellor so part, parts of that for me are really about accessing different elements of you that are beyond words through creativity um, and that's that's why i like creativity because it, it hits parts of me that otherwise i sort of ignore they sort of go into the distance by the time you follow routine every
0: day how, how does it feel then to be in touch with that part of you now this creative part of you
3: I think it's it's really hard feeling to um, put into words which is why I do the creativity I guess um, but for me it just makes me feel fuller as a person because um, there's definitely something someone who's academic like me I tend to be up in my head a lot um, and actually there's a whole body to me so Being creative, it takes me away from my head and gets me really in touch with um, other parts of me, the holistic parts of me, the parts that embrace feelings, the parts that be able to look at nature and and paint nature and just to have that connection. And I think it gives me a connection. I think that's the word I'm looking for, actually, is connection. That's what what creativity does for me. It connects me to people, to myself, to nature. Um, And I wouldn't get that just by thinking in my head all the time.
0: I totally hear that. I totally relate to that as well. Um, we're coming quite close to the end of our chat already. It's gone really, really quickly. I was going to ask you, um, as we're closing off, I ask all my guests to set a challenge for me and Mm. for anyone in the audience, anyone who's listening out there. We've got a month to complete the challenge and wondering if you had anything in mind.
3: One thing that really stuck in my head, um, I went on a course a short time ago and it was about... Fatigue, burnout, and, and, and things like that. And one of the things that they asked us, and it's really stuck in my head, so I'll probably have to cre- credit um, the Creative Counsellors Club for this one, because um, I'm not actually sure who said it. But they said, they said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much compassion do you show your friends? So you, you give yourself a mark. 10 being I'm completely, utterly compassionate to them, 1 being nothing. And then they said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much compassion do you show yourself? And that alone made me think about it. And they said, what would happen if you showed yourself the same level of compassion that you showed your friends? Assuming that most people would probably show more compassion to their friends than themselves. So what I did was I wrote a letter of self-compassion and that's my challenge. (laughs) So based on the things that you think you might say to a friend, if a friend comes to you and says, oh, I'm doing rubbish at the moment. You know, my job's not going well. This is not going well. The idea is to write a letter yourself like you would speak to a friend. So for my mm. letter, I wouldn't go into it in detail, but my letter says something on the lines of, Dear Samantha, I'm sorry I'm really hard on you. I don't give you a break often or let you rest. And then it acknowledges your strengths and acknowledges things about you that you don't often acknowledge. Um, mm. So I guess that's my challenge. It's a bit of a different one.
0: I love it.
3: I found it quite hard myself, but <laughs> but it won't take it won't take long. It won't take months. Yeah,
0: no, I absolutely love that challenge. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'm so excited to do that one. And in the next show, I'll be um, reporting back about how that challenge went and also encouraging the audience to do so as well. Thank you so much, Samantha. Thanks ever so much. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Now, what I love is that we all have very different ways of experiencing the word adventure. I like to see it that it's broadening our horizons in general and trying new things to enhance our own lives. Um, But everyone has a different perspective. So it's been amazing to be set so many brilliant challenges this week that are very, very different from each other. So we have three challenges, so you're welcome to join in on any of them. I'm going to try all three. we you've got Mr. Trojan's no wasting food. I think that will be quite easy for me, but let's see. Um, and then we have Ola's getting in the sea in a mad outfit with your best friend um, in the rain. Uh, obviously, if you've got a cold or um, getting ill, don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think that will be really fun. Take some photos. Um, Hashtag on Instagram, Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. I'd love to see them and I'll be sharing those on our story. I've actually already messaged my friend saying, do you want to do it? And she said, only if I can choose the outfit. So there'll be photos and we'll be putting them on our social media, which is on Instagram at Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. And that's B-I-L-L-I-E, so Billy like Billy Piper. Um, Elliot with one L and one T. And then we have Samantha. I really liked Samantha's challenge of writing a self-compassionate letter Um, I'll be writing one and if it feels like something to share, I'll be reading that next time. And if you write any self-compassionate letters, I would really, really like to hear from you. Um, You could send us a voice note and send it to billy at brighton.co.uk or you could send us the written piece and I can read it out next time. Um, Get involved, join our club, it's going to be a really, really fun time. And good luck with not wasting food this month, it's going to be a really interesting experience. I'm really excited about this month, I think it's going to be a really nice thing to have a few challenges to sort of slightly expand my perspective on the world. Before we go, there's a bit of time to recommend uh, a read. And this month I recommend reading The Doorstep Mile by Alistair Humphreys. Alistair Humphreys is an adventurer and writer writing in his shed um, in the UK. And he's a really down-to-earth, brilliant, funny writer, very accessible and very, very encouraging. And he helps us all in his book to question our limitations, um, completely accept how we are, and to just find small ways to have a bit more fun. So definitely give that a read, The Doorstep Mile, Alistair Humphreys. Um, I'm hoping one day he'll come on the show. Perhaps after a few weeks of this, he'll be persuaded. If you think you've got a story for us at Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, you're trying something new, whether it's time caps you're making or living on a boat or trying something really new that might be really scary, give us a message on Billy Elliot's Adventure Club Instagram or find us on the Radio Reverb website and give us a message through that website. And if I like your story, I'll contact you and get you on board so thank you dear listener for listening today welcome to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club you're now officially a member of the club and I hope to hear from you over the month and look forward to next time we're all together alright have a great October